A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Hey guys, we're back. It's Shelby and Ashley. Yeah, in case you guys forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm calling in from the West Coast officially. So we took a week off for or that two? move. A week or two. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Time is a construct. I've been out of the loop emotionally, uh, physically, and uh, mentally. So Glad to be back here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'd like to say we were both kind of recording from the West Coast because I am in Utah. You are in California. So it's more West Coast than ever. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely gravitating West. I, I overshot you by a couple, by a little bit, but um, I'm excited because the next thing I have to look forward to is Taylor coming to LA and saying yeah. hi to me and, and-, and you. You'll be here too. Don't forget about me. <laughs> yeah. You'll be here. It'll be your birthday. She's performing just for you. Um, yes. Love that for you. Um, really excited about it. Obviously, we're here to talk about Speak Now, Taylor's version. Mm-hmm. Um, came out that July 7th. And um, yeah, we've had a week to digest it now. Just Yeah. About. And you know, one thing that's so good about Shelby moving is I texted her and I was like, oh, you don't have to stay oh, up so late. <laughs> yes. It was a miracle to realize that. Because I was like, the last few releases I haven't stayed up for, mostly because I'm tired. And because I don't have like the energy to like listen to a whole album. Like I don't have... It's not it's, that I'm like, oh, I can't handle it. It's that I'm not mentally able to enjoy it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I want to be fully present when I'm digesting new Taylor music. Um, so, yeah, that. it was a nice reminder to know that, oh, 9 p.m., that's not so bad. <laughs> did I listen to the whole <laughs> album? No, I didn't. But I did listen to a few songs. So here's here's my – like, because we are parents, we have to get up earlier. We have more responsibilities, blah, 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 blah. Um, and – this is an album that we've heard almost all the way through already before. Just new, new low vocals. Did you listen to the Volta tracks or did you listen to a track or did you just kind of let it be? So I went immediately to when Emma falls in love. <laughs> okay. Why? Because I was like, this is the weirdest title. I knew it would be about Emma Stone because that was like the peak of their friendship publicly Mm -hmm. that we like saw. And I was curious about what it would be like. And it also was kind of like the strangest. To to fall in love with Emma or just to listen to it? Oh, just to listen to it. I was curious what it would be about. And then as I was listening to it, I was like, this is (laughs) – this is deeply like, you know – What's the word? Like sapphic, I, I guess. Like it was like it's a very sweet song and it's like very much like celebratory. But it, it leans into that part of Taylor that constantly gets her into, you know, quote unquote trouble with Gaylers being like, see, because she has this like love for her female friends. And I find it very curious. And it's the same thing of when she was doing her like different like when when she was peak Carly, like, you know, doing their interviews together and she was constantly like, oh, she's sunshine. She's a giraffe. Like, you know, like there mm-hmm. was all this like effervescent language around how much she adores these women in her life, which I can I can totally understand. And like I too am a girl's girl. So I'm like, yes, queen. 
But there is something so specifically fascinating about this track because it's literally about like, wouldn't it be nice to fall in love with Emma Stone? Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, girl, go for it, you know? <laughs> I kind of saw it as, well, let, let's preface this. You had gone straight to with Emma Falls in yeah. Love. And I wasn't there yet. <laughs> and you had said, oh my gosh, this is a very... Um, this is the gayest song she's ever written. Yes, yeah. yes. You said it was a very gay song. You know, like, Gaylor's, yeah. you know, let's unite. And I, had, I wasn't there yet. So, oh, I'm sorry for this story. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's the title, right? So when I was there, I kind of saw it through that lens. But then I also saw it through, like, a, oh, you know, she's in love. It's she's now like disappeared and this is how she's so different when she's in love. So like I kind of saw it through both of those lenses and I do wonder how I would have thought about it if you hadn't messaged me, which (laughs) don't be mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. I think, and it wasn't that I expected it to be, like I wasn't like, oh, this is going to be so queer. Like it wasn't like I went to it to like be validated in my curiosity around Taylor's (laughs) love life but it was more I was surprised listening to it I'm like this is just like an ode to Emma and it's Mm -hmm. like dressed up to be an ode to falling in love and like wanting that for yourself but it's also like specifically about Emma and it's like very sweet and I can totally like I said see a world where she wasn't you know it's not like her Drew looks at me and she's teardrops on her guitaring it like, mm-hmm. it could just be friendly. And she's like, oh, you know, because this is the era where Taylor's love life had been um, kind of messy. She'd been in, like, really hot and cold, like, treated badly, you know, should have said no. Joe Jonas, the 17-second phone call. Like, there had been so much that I'm sure it was nice to see this sort of what she always wanted and what she fantasized mm-hmm. about happening in real life. Um, but that was kind of a, a funny entry into Speak Now. And then I immediately, like, danced through the other – I think I jumped back to the Fallout Boy, mm-hmm. and then I went to. Do you I need electric touch? Yeah, and then I can see you, and then and then I went to bed. <laughs> then you went to bed. Okay, okay. So you didn't stay up for the music video. No. Okay. Was that that night? That was that night. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I didn't. She. Oh wait, I did. I did. Okay. I must have, because I remember watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that Cause came it, out at midnight, right? It came out at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Okay. So, or 1 a.m. Sorry. 1 a.m. Eastern yeah. time. So that would have been 10 o'clock your time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I definitely – I did see it because I remember – yes. See, I'm scatterbrained because it was a scatterbrained release for me and for many because it was like there was a lot happening all at once. Yeah, because she released it at midnight, but before midnight hit, she had brought on That's right. uh, yes. Joey and Taylor and I forget the other girl's name onto the stage in Kansas City <laughs> and premiered for everybody at that concert on the 7th, the music video, which all of us who saw it, tweeted, saw people post on TikTok the announcement, had to wait until yes. you know, okay, two hours right. later. So it was very scattered. It wasn't like a, a midnight release. It was yeah. an 1 a.m. release, which was... I do remember this now because I was like, will I stay up for the album? Sure, maybe. But then I saw the concert like 
trending because Taylor Lautner. And so I saw Taylor Lautner do his flip on stage. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'll wait for the music video. So I did see that. Spoiler. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it was was funny to – because in my mind what happened is she had the cast come out and then showed the music video. So I was trying to like watch live streams on TikTok or whatever. Me too. But it was was the reverse and all the live streams were glitching because I think just – so many people had the same idea. Um, and so it's been fun to like see, to go back retroactively and see like, you know, Taylor Swift introduced the music video and she's sitting on the floor of the stage watching it with everyone. And then Taylor Lautner shows up and they're just shrieking and screeching. And which of course we had the idea that this was happening because we'd mm-hmm. seen those like leaks, but I don't think the general public was really like keyed in on that. So it must've been like a really freakish like surprising validating exciting thing to have happen (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) because when he popped up in the music video for me I was like yeah I know he's coming mostly because it had been confirmed via the the actual premiere of it on Kansas City stage yeah um so I I also knew that was happening 100% but it was fun to see those reactions and like imagine being there because it seemed absolutely feral I know, I know. And Taylor Lautner, they knew Taylor Lautner was at the show because before the concert went on, we saw people post videos of, or photos and videos of Taylor walking to the VIP tent. His wife was there. So we knew that like, okay, something is going on. It's not just a coincidence that Taylor Lautner is at the show Yeah, on the same day as Speak Now. Yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of like all over the place. Um, but were you more keyed in? Were you pretty much watching from the get go to to listen to see what happened to watch, like the concert? Yeah, and like just keeping your ear to the ground as the release was coming out. But I was kind of keeping my ear to the ground, scrolling through TikTok, watching TV at the same time. But it wasn't like I was like on Twitter, like freaking out. Like I saw that. I was like, okay, Taylor's are awesome. And I knew it was the release. So something was going to happen. We all knew that something was going to happen. So I was just keeping my, my ear out. Mm -hmm. I wasn't like, you know, obsessively scrolling TikTok. When I saw that the music video was released, I did try to see if anyone had (laughs) clips of it. And I just kind of got so like, bogged down by just <laughs> random stuff that I ended up just waiting because I was like, I, I'm going to like spend so much time watching live feeds of yeah. the concert that aren't even what I'm looking for. Yeah. No. And we had talked about like as the week geared up towards this release, it had been kind of like a quiet, you know, it wasn't like her usual like push. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was revealed like mid week that she changed the lyrics to Better Than Revenge. Yes. Let's talk yes. about it. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that because uh, you sent me. I my ear was not to the ground on this. Yeah, we had we had discussed it in the past. If we yeah. think that Taylor was going to change the lyric, we thought maybe. You hoped not. She had changed. I, I forget what song, but she's changed a lyric in one of her songs before. So this isn't like it was um, a picture to burn. Homophobic edition. There's another one. Oh. Oh, okay. there, so there's another one. Yeah, she has pictures to burn. She changed that. But then there was another re-release that she had checked, slightly changed. So this isn't the oh, okay. yeah, yeah, only yeah. one. This is like the third song she's changed lyrics to. We thought maybe she would. We didn't know what to. And then 
I don't know the screenshot that you sent me, but it seemed like it was a lot wordier than what she actually put. Was that the case or am I No, it's my the mind? same. It's the same. She replaces the she's better known for the things that she does on a mattress with he was a moth to the flame. She was holding the matches. He was a moth to the flame. She was holding the matches. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's so different. It's silly. It's like, I, I get, I get the, I get the reasoning. Sort of. The more I think about it, the more silly it is because it's like, if she wanted to apologize for the sentiment, then she could have like said something and been like, yeah, I wrote this as a teen girl. Because she said that before where she's like, this is what I wrote when I thought before I knew that girls can't steal your boyfriends, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And so she's she's commented on the the cattiness and sort of slut shaminess of the song. And I feel like it's this sort of need to please, right? The mirror ball of it all where yeah. she wants she wants to be seen as, you know, learning, growing feminist Taylor, but also own her music Taylor. And I think this was the wrong choice. I think she should have just recorded as was. Um, one, because the line is clunky. It doesn't carry the same punch. And it also highlights how, well, wait, the rest of the song is problematic too. You know, it's yeah. like... <laughs> And that's what I was thinking the, through the whole thing. I was like, yeah, you change that one line to yeah. calling her a slut. But yeah. then you go on and you keep the whole rest of it. Now go stand in the corner and think about what you've done. Yeah, it's like – it's a catty um, – Anthem. Yeah, and it, and it's very snarky. It's very angry. It's very embittered. And I think this, this scope of feminism where it's like no one can ever be upset, no one – everyone – it's like that first, it's like that, you know, first introductory idea of feminism, that third wave feminism where it's like women support women no matter what. Like there's a special place in hell for women who don't help women. And I think it's like, well, we don't have to like every woman and we don't have to be, be mm-hmm. best friends with every woman. And I think every single person has felt that moment where you're like, oh, I hate you. Yes. <laughs> like you ruined my life and I'm just going to say the bitchiest things about it right now because yeah. I can't process my emotions well. And I think that was better than revenge. And I think with the scope of her work since then, it's been proven that that was an outlier, not like her usual, you know, brand. And Mm -hmm. so I wish she'd um, owned it a little or just scrapped the song because like with the picture to burn, the gay lyric, it's like that was an offensive word used offensively. So she took the word out. Mm -hmm. But the criticism around... Um, better than revenge has always been the full scope of it, the yeah. the entire message of it, the entire story, the the lens and POV of it. And so it's kind of like you can't you don't get props for changing one word or one line because it's like, well, actually what people were upset by was much more than that. So if you wanted mm-hmm. to like fix it, then you'd either have to talk about it, leave it off, or kind of explain your reasoning. And so it just feels kind of like a a misstep to to not give the people the full song originally because now people just want that. I mean, <laughs> they have, but maybe in her mind, they already have that. Yeah. But the yeah. original's out there. Yeah. It will never be taken away. So she's going to just reclaim that lyric and make yeah. it something different. And, you know, I, a lot of people are on the opposite fence as you. Yeah. I've seen posts of some people being – like, for instance, 
Ashley Iconetti. She, I, mm. I, I sent you her her reel. Oh, yeah. She, for those who don't know, was on The Bachelor, then Bachelor in Paradise, and found <laughs> love. And she's a huge Taylor Swift fan. And she also loves the Jonas Brothers, like obsessed <laughs> yeah. with the Jonas Brothers. So I know this song particularly she mm. really liked, but she did not like the change. And she just posted like a snarky little reel about it, being like, yeah. oh, she's not accepting it. And the comments in that reel is like... <laughs> Like some people will be like, I agree with you, but like 90% of those comments are like, oh my gosh, no, like she's reclaiming it. She's grown and it's just, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's the millennial in me. Maybe I like like my problematic teen fave too much, you know, like it's like, I think there's just, you know, is the there's a time and a place for every emotion. Is that true when you're a global superstar who has, you know, millions upon millions of followers listening to you? Like maybe not, maybe it is. Maybe it is the wrong, like, message to have on loop in a new release, but it's also, like, I don't think the change was enough to, like, save it, I guess, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's, like, either be fully catty or just apologize and erase it from your <laughs> discography. Yeah. But, sure. but it's, like, fine. Like, I've listened to the song, and I just – it's not like distracting in the moment unless I'm thinking about it. Like I just sing the mattress line automatically. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Has she has she played this one? Oh no. Okay. And I'm like she probably won't play it even though she's changed the lyrics. Yeah. I want. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Like if she did play it live, what lyrics people just automatically sing? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Because I, on one hand, I'm like, well, maybe she talked to um. Camilla. Camilla. And was like, hey, I'm sorry. This is awkward. I'm just going to try and get this out of the way type thing. And she like changed the one line. Like maybe there was a communication there that I don't know. And I'd respect that totally. Um, But yeah, there was a fear in me that she was purposely changing the line to purposely have this like feminist moment to purposely highlight, look at how I've grown and like make it a single, which Mm -hmm. I would have hated. I would have hated that sort of like faux feminism, like look at me, I'm so woke type thing. Um, So I'm fine if she just like leaves this and never speaks of it again. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Because like if she really did want to make a statement, she would have kept the song but we were in all the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Same, like, yeah. now go think about what you did and maybe make it, like, yeah. something about her being bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I know. Well, There's a lot to it. But that's that's the thing about Speak Now, Taylor. And um, I think as you watch, like, the Speak Now, like, promo she did at the time, mm-hmm. she's she's a teenager She's or she's just fresh out of teenhood. She's very salty. She's very snarky. She's got that, like, oomph and attitude. And I think – that was something that was so fascinating at the time and that was reflected in Speak Now, which is such a messy album. And at the time she talked about how it was basically each song was like a letter to someone in her life and or to someone she encountered or whatever. And that was like, it was all over the place. And that led to some criticisms. That's led to some people being like, what is this album? Um, mm-hmm. Some of the songs are like her longest ever and her messiest. And like her whole vibe at the time was just like, just wild just like and and not like in a demeaning way like I thought she was really cool and empowering and she was very strong in who she was or wanted at the time and very unapologetic about this like desire for love and this way to communicate about love and and so that's like it's fascinating to watch her revisit that now as someone who's more you know 
matured, polished, maybe a little bit more hesitant to fully pull back the curtain in the same way Mm -hmm. on her personal life. And I think that's probably why some of the promo for this Taylor's version has been muted compared to like Red or Fearless. Because not that she's not proud of this album. I believe her when she says she thinks some of these songs are her best or her favorite to write. But I think it's like, it's an electric touch, you know, as it were, where Mm -hmm. it's just, that's like so detailed, so raw. We know Dear John, like she doesn't want to have to like admit that like, yes, okay, maybe these songs were a little bit on the nose and like, you know, she's she's told her fans basically, don't make this personal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's mm-hmm. like, don't go after John. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to deal with any of this drama from that phase of life. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. And so it's almost been like defensive line mm-hmm. in her promotion this time where I think she's excited by it and proud to own it. And clearly that was shown as she added long live to the set list. I'm curious to see if that sticks. Um, I know. I hope it does. I mean, yeah. at least until August. Yeah. And I think that too was empowering to kind of have this message of I wanted to sing these songs, but not till I owned them type. And that's also tied into this music video. And so I think the promo around this album has been handled more delicately and subtly Mm -hmm. exactly because the album itself was such a bombshell um, for better or worse in her career. So do you think, because she has once said that she wrote, I think it was, she wrote like 40 to 50 songs for this album. So there's Mm. so many more songs that are still in the vault. Do you think knowing this information, you know, handling this album very delicately, you know, the, even the, the climate that we're in is so different from when she obviously released this album. Do you think that maybe that there were songs where if we would have had our choosing would have been on here over when Emma falls in love? Cause everyone was being like, Oh my gosh, speak now's vault tracks are going to be just like a dagger. <laughs> and I don't, I don't see it in any of these songs yeah. at all. None of them were, people are thinking like, Oh, the vault songs for, for dear John, that's going to be like, you know, just yeah. like killing him. What are your thoughts? I think you can see the tonal shift in her new album letter, um, her album note that she sent. It's like her longest one. Like I have Mm -hmm. it here and it's impossible to read. It's just like, it's like an entire novel of books. And she's focused on the making, like again, she's done this throughout her last few album releases where where instead of talking about her personal life, she talks about her writing process. Mm -hmm. And I think that editorial mind was definitely at play with this with the selection of vault tracks. And also, Mm -hmm. you know, I think she probably was writing a lot, but that doesn't mean a lot of it was like good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe these were like the strongest, closest to finished tracks of that era. Um, and, and there's definitely some like good ones on there. I can see now is a bop and I, yes. And I can see why she left it off because that the world was not ready for sexual Taylor. (laughs) Yes. I'm just curious if you were to to like see Taylor, see the songs she wrote, and see the songs that like the original track list, the original yeah. songs that she submitted to Big Machine, because you know that there there are producers cutting songs, labels cutting songs. If it would have been the same, yeah, 
same uh, like handful of songs. If there had been like one or two, that would have yeah. been left out. Well, I think about how she talks about this, where she's wanted to call the album Enchanted, and Scott was mm-hmm. like, "You have to step away from the fairy tales." So I could see her wanting something like timeless, mm-hmm. and being told like, "Okay, this is a little twee, like let's move on" type thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the other ones because. Castle's crumbling. Oh, castle's cr- we yeah. have um, Twin Emma Falls in Love. Electric we, Touch. Electric Touch. Um, hold on. I have them all right here. I can see you. Oh, I don't know why I can't think of all of them. Hold on. I have them right here. I don't know why I don't. Okay. So Electric Touch. When Emma Falls in Love, I can see you. Castle's crumbling. Foolish one. The one we oh, didn't yeah. remember. And Timeless. Yeah. So I bet, I mean, would I have thought there'd be a I bet you think about me type pairing to Dear John probably. But dear, but John Mayer gets a lot of songs and I don't think we always consider them as his. Like, yeah. I think there's a lot of clues that tie in things like ours and um, oh, what are they? I had a whole list of them once that felt Dear John, that felt John Mayer specific. The story of us. Yeah, yeah, but even yeah. some of the like hopeful ones, like some of the love songs, I think are about John, and mm-hmm. um, and so I feel like this is like a good selection of things from that time that makes sense, um, and I think the way she talks about cat- deciding to write this album in the wake of criticisms around Fearless and being told she wasn't a good artist and she definitely didn't write her stuff and being like, well, watch me, like I think that. It makes sense. And I think these songs also kind of prove that. So all in all, I'm like, I was excited for this because I was like, oh, maybe I'll like this album more now than I have in the past. Because it's always been one I kind of forget about is some Mm -hmm. of the weaker songs, in my humble opinion, um, with some of the bigger hits like Enchanted and Dear John, but some low lows for me. I mean, like Last what? Kiss also, but... Because <laughs> I, I would have... Like, I don't revisit this album as much as I like. So when yeah. I put it on, I thought it was going to have a few more skips. Like, I think Fearless had a few skips for me. Yeah. But I don't think I skipped. I mean, once we got to Superman, that's why I was like, oh, okay, I'm checked out. But then the new one started. So, like, I... <laughs> yeah. I love I love all of these songs. I'm like, why don't I listen to these songs more? I but, know. Yeah. That's how I felt like a few years ago. I did like re-listen to her older stuff to be like, am I being unfair? Mm-hmm. And Speak Now does surprise you. Because when I think about it, yeah. I'm like, mm, no. But then yeah. you're like, oh, wait, like mine is great. Dear John is great. Mean, the story of us. Like these are hits and a half. Last but then, kiss. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But I think my mind gets stuck on like, I think my mind when thinking about the original is like, there's something a little grating about her voice in some moments, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is what's so amazing about this one. You know, <laughs> yes. we have more mature vocals. Yeah. She still it still sounds so close to the original. Yeah. The the sound is crisper, it's clearer, mm-hmm. the electric um sounds and production of the music is better. Mm-hmm. And that might just be that technology is better but also yeah. her voice her ear she has grown so much as a businesswoman that there's so much in here that you know there's room for improvement with everything yeah. no I definitely think it's more like listenable like I've put it I've put it on shuffle and like just listen to the whole thing mm-hmm. a couple times now and I I like it more like I think 
nothing's like stood out to me as like, why, why did she change that? Or she doesn't sound as good. It's been interesting to watch the Speak Now stands react to this because there's kind of been this division where some people are like, she doesn't have the same emotion on songs like um, Dear John, or she doesn't have the breathy, like, shudder on last kiss mm-hmm. or like they're like she doesn't have the same emotional trauma deep in her voice it's much more reflective and they don't like that but some people do and I'm curious if you noticed any of that there are some songs where I, I had to go back and listen to it to see if it had like that same just like heartbreak yeah. and I did listen to it but I I come listening to these songs from a different perspective because you know when taylor was going through last kiss and and haunted and the story of us i was going through my similar ish breakup too and so i'm looking at it like she's this grown woman re-recording these songs with her different perspective she will never be in that same headspace and we shouldn't expect that we should you know Look forward to the enhancements in her voice, the production, the quality. If you want to hear that angst, go listen to the quote unquote stolen version. She's still profiting from it, but this is like, she's proud of this. And if you're going to her concert and you're right now and you're listening to her play these bonus songs, she's playing them for the past what five years as a more mature tailor. So if you love those bonus songs, here yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's... um. I've also seen people say, like, the story of us doesn't have the same punch. And I was trying to, like, listen, like, do comparison, like, listens to some of the bigger tracks to see if I, like, notice a feeling. Yeah. (laughs) And I can, like, I think it does just come back to what attachment you have to the originals. Because on Red, I could, like, pick up on, oh, that we are never, ever getting back together, Mm -hmm. didn't vibe the same way, or, you know, um, I mean – Things like that. Better than Revenge, not only that line, yeah. but they were – that that's the one that stood out to me as even the production overall has yeah. changed. Because even when you listen to the original one, she does have those backing vocals. Uh, and it's very subtle and it's kind of like hidden behind her vote, like her main track. Yeah. But here, the vocals, the, the speaking rock sounds that she does, it's – amped up it Mm -hmm. kind of distracts from the overall song Mm. like I I did find that but that was more production than like oh Taylor's not like sobbing and that's why I find her vault tracks more interesting because it's like supposedly her like 19 year old lyrics with like a modern idea of sound and production and I'm curious like what they originally were meant to sound like because obviously on like her big first single I Can See You that's I'm guessing that has to be um, Jack Antonoff. Yes, and then, Jack, Jack and Aaron. Oh, they did produced. Oh, yeah, okay. so Jack. So Aaron did Electric Touch. Jack Antonoff did I Can See You, Castles Crumbling, and Timeless. And then Dessner did Foolish One, and When Emma Falls in Love on top of Electric Touch. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So they were not meant to sound like that. Yeah. Because <laughs> She's she's not even working with the same producer on this as she was on the original one. So you you can't – you can say she had uh, an idea, but there's no way it was meant to sound like this. Yeah. And I think it's like um, overall – like 
I would love to understand Taylor's view on this because it, it is interesting watching her roll this out compared to Red and compared to um, Fearless. I'm curious if she's just getting tired of the re-releases, if she's busy with tour. Like, I'm curious about how she feels about this because it's always been her least played ones um, mm -hmm. overall, like, you know, statistically from these. Well, and we can also say even from our tour. Yeah. Like, there's a reason <laughs> Speak Now only has now what two songs. Yeah, which I guess we should talk about because on the release, she was like, this is our first album release during this tour, which is an interesting turn of phrase. I can see her just saying that because she's, you know, kind of riffing and she just is like, oh, we've never done this before. It's our first. Some people are like, that means there's more coming, um, which I think would be interesting, too, because like we've said from the get go, why is she paying dust to debut? Why is she paying dust to speak now? And I'm curious if she really was holding out for this moment to play another um, speak now track. And that would be interesting if she does it again with debut. I don't know why. Like, there's not like the technical reasoning there because she has a huge set list for reputation in 1989. Mm -hmm. But metaphorically, I guess, it's like her baby. I don't know. Um, so one, we'll have to see this weekend if she does keep Long Live on the set list or if that was yeah. just for the um, release party weekend in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think? I think it would. I would love for her to keep it there because, of course, I would love to see it live again. Yeah. I wonder if, she's, if she might change up the song every night like two different mm, speak now song like each tour yeah. gets a different speak now song called like a bonus song um yeah. but i don't know i i also was had this thought over the weekend that maybe she's going to re-record her debut album at like the last one mm. like she's going to close off all of her re-records with the with like mm. the first album that like introduced her to the world yeah and I wouldn't be surprised if she released at least one more re-recording during her tour. Oh, yeah. She's what? She is doing <laughs> tour until August 17th. And yeah. there might be more dates announced because all of April, nothing released. She yeah. has, or no, it's March. It's either March or April. She barely has any shows next year. Yeah. Girl needs a break, but it's also... <laughs> Yeah, I know. I feel like if she does keep Long Live on the set, that's that makes the most sense because it's like mm -hmm. a big moment. It makes sense in her costume. How she staged it with her with her um, tour band coming out was sweet mm -hmm. and reminiscent of the Speak Now tour. Yeah. Um, the dress was gorgeous. Everything about it was really beautiful and powerful and like an emotional moment. Um, and so I think the payoff was cool, but. I also wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't keep it just because the set list is already long. You know, I don't yeah. know. I'm yeah. curious. I'm, it'll be interesting to watch. <laughs> well, Colorado this week, we'll see on the 14th. What does she decide to do? Um, so out of all of the, the bonus songs, you know, which is your favorite and which one would you be like, Oh, we don't need, <laughs> or is there a song on the track that you'd rather Switch like innocent for I would, crumbling. I would just eviscerate innocent as a song. I yeah. do not like and have never liked that song. I find it really condescending and like really hard to listen to. Like, like one 
mad props to her for like writing an apology song that just reeks of dislike. <laughs> She's like, mm, you still growing up? Are you still growing up, Kanye? And I find it so just like, uh, like honestly more offensive than better than revenge. I swear. <laughs> See, I and I would have wanted another like like just like petty bop. Yeah, yeah. To Kanye. I do not think she that. ever touched that story again. Like no. aside from what she said, like referencing the summer in general or making little quips about like clowns in the West. Yeah. I do not think she'll ever, ever address that again. Even if even if there's a song written in the vault, yes, she will exactly. not. She okay. probably just burned those. Okay. <laughs> She's like over my dead body. But what do I know? Because she she vacillates between like pettiness rep- and reputation what are we yeah. gonna get on the track for reputation that's yeah that's something um, yeah. but one of the songs i really liked on here of course i liked i can see you you know we'll yeah. get that into that on a different one but i really i i love that that's something that's stuck in my head yeah. castles crumbling like i i like that and it's just very interesting i wonder how much if any of the song did she rewrite like our any like we've talked about this before? Yeah. Has she written rewritten lines to certain right. songs herself? Because it's Castle's crumbling. I'm looking back at her that era, and I'm like, did people hate Taylor? Oh yeah. Like, I like. I'm like, I love Taylor. Oh. I, like, <laughs> people hated her. What? I'm like, yes. I know. And then that's so because I wasn't there because I loved her so much. So I'm just kind of like because it's very foreshadowing. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, Taylor, you I think they hate you? Overnight. Yeah, like you think that they they hated you. Now wait till oh, yeah. <laughs> then. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is the whole album came from criticism. Mean came from criticism. Like, I think she definitely admitted that she was paying too much attention to the haters at the time. Mm-hmm. Like in her liner note, she kind of explains that and was like. I didn't really have thick skin. (laughs) And I think that's like (laughs) relatable here. Um, And so I think similar to um, Nothing New on Red, she's just always been hyper fixated on like, what do people like? And she talks about Miss Americana where she's like, yeah, I just, I worried about people not liking me and like I take it personally type thing. And and, uh, that's a tough career to have if you're focused on that so much. Castle's Crumbling, Castle's Crumbling, I, honestly, I was trying to get into the features. I liked Haley Williams' voice on it. Um, mm-hmm. Fall Out Boy was kind of like, wait, what's happening here? It was too um, – I, I was reading an article that said it was juxtaposed. Mm. His voice – because it was only Patrick's voice. I think that's the okay. name. It was only yeah. Patrick. It Pete. wasn't all – yeah, Pete. No. Yeah. Isn't it? Wait. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I know which one it was. <laughs> I don't know which one it was, but it definitely was only one of it. It wasn't all a fallout boy that yeah. was there. Yeah, maybe um, that was it. It was a bit like um like jarring to ha- like have her voice go in and then him come yeah. back. Like, I I just don't feel like it really meshed well. A lot of people liked it. I I thought that like they could have harmonized a bit better or yeah. she could have like changed it up a little bit. I just thought it was like I wasn't yeah. expecting that. I expected more rock. And it wasn't yes. really rock. Like yes. I expected her to lean into the Fallout Boy style more, but it seemed like he was leaning I, into hers. I wanted to Fallout Boy style a lot, and so that was something. I think that's where I was like, "Whoa, where's his voice coming?" Like his voice yeah. was still very rockish. Yeah, 
and she was very, <laughs> and she was very creamy and yeah, and just very soft and enchanted. And I was like, yeah. wow, what's going on? Yeah, I did like Foolish One. It's very, it's like the more yeah. realistic version of You Belong with Me, where it's like, girl, <laughs> you, yeah, you gotta stop clowning. Um, but also yeah. like just that unrequited love, I think, is such a distinctly, you know, a. a a global experience but definitely for teen girls and um that sort of thinking you yeah similar to i can see you which was very sexy very fun i would love to know who it's about i i think there's a bunch of theories out there because you know oh we're keeping it professional and mm-hmm. now they're like uh. and so <laughs> i thought that was a lot of fun even just production wise um there's a lot of energy to it that the bottom half of this album needed mm-hmm. um yeah and then timeless <laughs> it was giving me it was giving me um barbie on the boardwalk what's that song oh yes um i know what you're talking about because that's exactly the, the one where she's saying about the kennedys yeah <laughs> yes and i liked the idea of it um i think this one was definitely written in her 19th year of life because there's something very, you know, cheesy but sweet about, like, if I was Joan of Arc, like, if I was a 15th century maiden, like, you know, <laughs> it makes sense. Like, I can I can picture writing that sort of story as a, as a teenager or mm-hmm. as a kid, like, thinking it was so, like, beautiful and deep and, like, what a testament to our love. Um, I do find it interesting. That's going to be a fun song to break down because, to me, it felt very much like mine where she goes into a bookstore and imagines her like love and how they'd find each other through anything but then in the music video it's pictures of her grandparents and so then a lot of people are like she wrote this from her grandparents point of view to tell their love story and I'm like well I don't I don't think it's like biographical at all like it's yeah it's very clearly like if I was in the 15th century I'd still find you like yes I wonder if they wrote love love letters to each other on top of like, yeah. you know, I wonder if that's like a line or something they said to each other one time, like yeah. we find each other no matter what, yeah, no matter what time, wherever we go. So I wonder if it was like an inspiration. Yeah. No, and it's sweet. I mean, it's funny that everyone wants When Emma Falls in Love to be about Andrew Garfield, but it's actually Kieran, <laughs> Kieran McCulkin. Oh, yeah, because I've seen all the all the TikToks about Andrew Gar- Garfield. Yeah. But Karen, the McCulkins, the McCul- McCulka, I don't know. McCulkins, yeah. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't understand. They get these beautiful women. Like, like uh, yeah. I for- why why do I forget the their OG boy? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, he, he's gotten some of the, Macaulay yeah. Culkin, he oh, got, yeah. he's gotten some of the be- most beautiful women. And I'm like, nah. Yeah, so. I know. Absolutely hilarious. And I would love to know how Emma feels about this song now. Like, I'm curious. I imagine uh, the way I picture it, <laughs> my bad okay. is that she wrote this as an 18-year-old and just sat on it. I don't think she shared it with Emma at the time. And then as she was hanging out with Emma this year or whatever in the last few years, she's like, well, you know, I'm doing these vault tracks and I actually wrote one about you. And then they listened to it, and it was like, oh, like <laughs> oh, yeah. that's sweet. <laughs> you, you can you can really use you that. can use that, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is like a sweet, 
song. Like, honestly, the only ones I've revisited Mm -hmm. are I Can See You Now and the original tracks. I gave Fall Out Boy a couple of chances, but otherwise, I really don't remember the vault tracks. So I'll have to, like, give it more love. Um, Yeah. But A Weekend, it wasn't like – I think I Can See You – is one of her best vault tracks up there with Mr. Perfectly Fine. Yes. Um, but otherwise, these vault tracks didn't like wow me. See, okay. So speaking of vault tracks and Mr. Perfectly Fine, in Fearless, it was Mr. Mr. Perfectly Fine. In Red, it was Mr. Casually Cruel. And I had I was oh, like, yeah. oh, well, I wonder if there's going to be a Mr. Something in this. <laughs> yeah. No, there's not. It would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been it. good. Yeah. That would have been good. But no. Yeah. So all in all, I think I think this does enhance Speak Now as an entity for me. Like I feel like I'll never ever go back to the OGs. Yep. Um except for one. Except for Better Than Revenge. <laughs> um and I think that's great. Like I think that's the goal of these albums. Yep. And I think she proved her thesis with this. Um but I do feel like overall I had more fun re-listening to like Red because it was so near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I liked it though. It, yeah. it, like I said, I went through – Well, I was curious uh, how you felt because you are more of a Speak Now stand than me. I am. It was just really interesting because, you know, I had gone through such a, a bitter breakup that lasted way too long mm-hmm. during Speak Now, that August 6th, I think 2011, I, I saw her the day I broke up with the guy and bawled my eyes yeah. out. The only reason I remember the date is because I saw Taylor. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, that's why. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I, I'm putting myself back in like young Ashley's eyes of like bawling to last kiss, thinking yeah. of Haunted, you know, just the story of us. And I'm just kind of like, oh, like that wasn't that breakup. I was like, but I've learned so much from it. So I'm kind of yeah. like at like the same, like, I don't know, I guess like vision as Taylor or yeah. like coming out at the same angle as Taylor because I'm only a few years years older than her. So I'm like, okay, yeah, yes. Like this, this is, it was very cathartic listening to all this and just kind of laughing at little Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's what some people are sad about with those heavy hitters like Last Kiss and Dear John. It's like, she does feel so much more emotionally removed from the situation, which obviously is good. Yeah. But then people are like, I miss the quiver or like the the, you guys, the torture. We have learned one thing this past, what, century of Taylor Swift. She's not a good actress. So she won't be able to put the quiver back in there. Like <laughs> that was very like raw for her because she was in the yeah. moment. Like, yeah. Go back and listen to it, yeah. the, the quiver. But. Well, that's exactly like All Too Well, I think, didn't get that same criticism because we got All Too Well 10-minute version, yes. which was a whole new perspective and added depth. And so we were allowed to enjoy the new, you know, energy she brought to it. But if you listen to All Too Well OG and All Too Well basic Taylor's version, All Too Well Taylor's version definitely does not have the same sort of heartache Mm -hmm. and earnestness that all too well on the original release does Mm -hmm. and so we're lucky we got the 10 minute version because it allowed at least me to not like pay attention to that as much and now you enjoy the added depth of that but I think similar to that you just have to embrace 
that Taylor's in a different place and she can sing Dear John with all the strength of her voice, even if the emotion's a little bit more like matured or pulled back. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no. Because, yeah, I think like you listed those. I was like, oh, yeah, Story of Us is such a great song. Like that's one of my favorite Taylor songs. Like I think that's top 20 on my rankings. And so I should respect Speak Now more. I don't know why. I think that's like, you know, it's one of her one of her first albums or third album. I think that there are so many other albums stacked on top of it that are newer and fresher to her mind that we don't always go back there. But when you do, which I'm so glad that she did this, because when you do, you're like, oh, wow. Like, I'm glad she created this album because she really did stick it to the haters. Yes. Like, yes. (laughs) I know. I've seen some reviews that are like, "Mm, this is getting tired. And I'm like, no, it's great. Like, I love it. We're such a nostalgic society that I think this would always work out well for Taylor because it immediately brings her – OG fans, like her older fans, right back to it and introduces new fans to her old stuff in a way that's much more accessible than like, you know, the the vocals on maybe the first couple. So I think this was a great move and continues to pay off in in spades. It's just like been so good for her. She was, I think, charting the billboard. I think she was recently just dethroned from from the number one spot by a target diss song but um yeah (laughs) but she's like she's breaking records like it was like one of the it was like the most streamed album Mm -hmm. on spotify so like people are listening they are loving i love that we have the younger generation who are just growing up to like really experience speak now yeah all of her new versions who are just like discovering music right now yeah amazing i know so I think it's fun. Um, we'll have to add it to our list of songs to cover some of I these. Know. Some of these bonus tracks, I guess. Because <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not all the way done with uh, with Midnight's. We still have a uh, two or three songs left, and then we'll have you know. Of course, we're gonna have the uh, I Can See You music video mm-hmm. and song to dive into because that is a current single. So we'll have some fun stuff to dig into. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It'll be fun. But you guys can find us on Instagram, Switch Podcast, uh, Twitter, Switch Pod 13. You can email us, which is podcast at gmail.com. More importantly, you can listen to us at all of anywhere, all major platforms. Give us a review if you'd like, comment, email, DM, whatever you'd like. And but, see our pretty and, faces on oh, yeah. our Patreon where I we release have, the videos of this. I don't have any makeup on, so maybe my pretty face, my uh, no, natural face. Yeah. <laughs> um, but until next time, this is Ashley. And this is Shelby. And Taylor, we are so glad that you're around to write Speak Now. <laughs> yes. Bye.